Hi, I'm Natalie. And I'm Chris. And And this this is is the Paranormal Paranormal Podcast. A podcast experience for stoners with a taste for all things creepy crawly. Each week there will be two roles that need to be filled. The listener and the storyteller. The listener will be very, very stoned. uh, Surrounded by snacks of their choice in front of a microphone. The storyteller will then give three story options. Creepy, like paranormal stories or legends. Crime true crime, or cryptid, creatures whose experience existence can't be identified. And the goal from here is simple, to get the best reaction from the listener as the story progresses. And Chris, you're the listener tonight, so how are you feeling, buddy? Pretty good, but you forgot the third role that's being filled tonight. What? The pre-roll of Nine Pound Hammer that has currently ruined me. Ah, look at you. You good? That was a very mocking laugh. And I feel. I uh, would never mock you. I love you so much. The love part is true. The mocking, we'll see. Yeah, you're probably right. You're an asshole. So you're am I. Jerk. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, how's your Halloween been? Uh, pretty exciting. A lot happened today. Uh, how was your Halloween today? Oh, I slept through like half of it. Oh, I know. But, <laughs> Good job. I know, but here, we're recording at night now on Halloween, so that's what really matters. you got to be up at night on Halloween. Yeah, you got tricked this morning by uh, your own medicine. I know. I took my nighttime meds in the morning, and it was really bad. And we left the apartment at 10.30, and by 10.45, she was asleep in the passenger seat on the way to get coffee. Pretty much. Yeah, we got that coffee, and then we came back, and I just had to reheat it afterward anyway. I mean, we came back. You slept the entire way back here. No, I didn't. I had my eyes closed, but I wasn't sleeping. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. I can't sleep in the car. You know that. You can't snore awake, apparently. Yeah, that's true. You, The one thing I am kind of sad that we didn't get to do on Halloween was carving pumpkins, but that was just because we were both too tired. It's been a week. <laughs> It really has. It has been a week, but it ended in Halloween, so it's okay. And with the full moon on Halloween tonight, too. I know, and it's so pretty. I didn't go back and get a picture of it. I wonder if I could still find it. We'll go for a walk after this. We can go trick-or-treating at like 11. We'll be fine. There we go. Neighbors will love us. It won't be creepy at all. That's fine. Okay, well, you want creepy, crime, or cryptid tonight, Chris? You know? Don't don't actually answer that because you don't have a choice. Oh, I don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. I already decided what you're going to listen to. All right, then I guess we'll go with option D, whatever Natalie says. <laughs> so I actually thought that it would be fun to understand like the lore and everything behind our Halloween. So have you ever heard of the holiday Saiwen? Go on. It's actually commonly uh, called Samhain, but that's not the actual pro- like pronunciation for it. But have you ever heard that before? I mean, the second one, Samhain, I think, like, that's what we saw when we went to Dublin last year, right? Yes, but that's also, it's the same thing that you're thinking of, it's just not the pronunciation. Oh, okay. So the actual pronunciation is Samhain. Um and it's a Gaelic festival, which is why we see it over in Ireland. And it's supposed to mark the end of the harvest season and the arrival of the darker half of the year, which is winter. Awesome. Yeah. 
It's um, about halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice, and it's one of four Gaelic holidays that are observed. Oh, that's or observed. cool. Yeah. The other three are Imbolc, Beltane, and Fluchnasa. I probably should have looked up the pronunciation for that one. That's what you did for, too. I mean, listen, that would have been the smart idea. And it's Halloween. I don't really have the smartest dishes, decisions. It's okay. You've been awake for like four hours. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Okay, so uh, most people believe that Sawen has Celtic pagan origins, especially because some Neolithic passage tombs in Ireland are aligned to match the sunrise during Sawen. Okay, getting more awesome. Right. I like it. So the first mention of this festival appeared in the 9th century in Irish literature. And it is closely associated with many important moments in Irish mythology. <clears throat> Samhain is actually said to be the first of the four festivals, which effectively effectively makes it mark the new year, quote-unquote, although that's never been actually verified. Nobody knows if that's actually true. I think it's just because it marks, like, the end of the harvest season goes into the dark season. So... I feel like it just kind of it ends the rebirth kind of period of the seasons. I feel like the end of the harvest and the beginning of darkness is like exactly why this is your favorite holiday. Really? You think? It makes a little bit of sense. Are you sure? I don't know about that. Considering that you choose to work in a little like hobbit hole the entire time instead of having a single ounce of light on throughout the day. I like to call it my dungeon. Oh, we know it's your dungeon. It's definitely your <laughs> fortress of solitude. Yes, it really is. Except and you know what? Cats. I like it. I don't like working in the same room as you because we're both working from home right now. And you're very loud. And I'm going to be working from home until July next yeah. year. We'll see what happens with me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to go back to the office at all, but we'll see if I'm forced to do it. One way to find out. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, anyway. During Samhain, people observe times of peace with food, drink, and contests. And an example of this is like every seven years, the High King of Ireland would host one of these festivities and new laws or duties would be set during that time. Wait, so we're mentioning the High King during the Paranormal Podcast. Yes. And I can only hope that he was also just like really high i mean if i had like a title with the word high before my name i would make sure i'm stoned like all the time you know i mean helen's known for their green all right i don't think it's legal over there yet at least not when we were over there no it wasn't when we were over there they'll get there yeah i'm sure we'll hear about it when it happens they'll all celebrate when they vote yes on it (laughs) right uh Oh, also, anyone who broke those laws was banished from the kingdom. Wow, so you have and to celebrate. You have to celebrate, and also, the laws are changed only every, every seven years. So don't fuck up. Don't fuck up, because if you break a law, like, there's not going to be another law to possibly let you back into the kingdom for seven fucking years. Damn, I mean, back then, the seven years could be like an entire lifetime for a lot of people. Like, they yeah. didn't have a long, a long expectancy, life expectancy back then, did they? No, I don't think so. This is like the ninth century, so... Yeah, so we're going to go with them. Yeah, we're going to go with them. But uh, you want to hear the most important thing no. about Samhain? No. 
Okay, well, it is actually a liminal holiday, which means that basically the veil is thin and spirits and fairies can cross over to, into our world for just one night. Man, that's like Coco. Yeah, it's exactly like Coco. It's actually very similar to the Mexican Day of the Dead. That's what Ooh. I kept thinking about as I was doing this research. So, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this meant that supernatural beings and souls of the dead obviously allowed to come into our world during the festival. But that's really interesting because it's the opposite of Beltane, which celebrates the living rather than the dead. So that's when I think it's like early May, like May 4th or something. When we start celebrating life instead of darkness, I'm guessing. Yeah, so that's like springtime. So that's Ooh. where, that's why like they're on opposite sides of the spectrum because one is doing basically life and rebirth and the other is celebrating going into the death, I guess, the working, darkness. Working yourself to death. Yeah, exactly. Worked yourself all harvest season and now you get to die. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, um, there are actually a lot of folklore tales in involving mischievous spirits just walking around during Samhain. Like, they just kind of amble about, I guess. So it's like how we've been doing our quarantine walks after work every day. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Maybe they were just catching Pokemon. Just wanted to be left alone just for one night. Can we go ahead and say Pokemon Go wasn't out yet? But yes, it could have been playing Pokemon. Maybe. I know, but what if, like, modern spirits were wanting to play Pokemon? But I mean, if it took, like, the 90s for us to get to 151, did they only have, like, four back then in 900? Wait, what? We had, like, 151 original Pokemon in the first game. Oh. So back in 900, they had, like, what, like, four? I don't know, man. That one went totally over your head. It's yeah, fine. it really did. I, you have to remember, I was never, like, that into Pokemon. I just kind of liked them because they were cute. Well, I'm aware. <laughs> Fully aware. Still do that. Um, and actually, several king's deaths have been associated with Sawen, all of which were supposedly warned about their quote-unquote threefold death, which was wounding, burning, and drowning. That sounds like a party I really want to be at, though. Right? What kind of things were they fucked up on to come up with that shit? Obviously, the High King was definitely on something. <laughs> right? <laughs> too too uh, high to actually think about his actions or something. Just might be why they called him Your Highness. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe royalty is just stoned all the time, and that explains why they make decisions that fuck everyone over. Yeah, if you get a rollout of the peons, might need to be. <laughs> So actually, do you remember, since you brought up Ireland, do you remember the museum that we went to where we saw the bog bodies? Um, not the Leprechaun Museum, right? It's not the Leprechaun oh, Museum. The I think it was museum, like the like, like natural history. Yes, they're, yeah. like, they're, they're like legit one. Yeah, and you got to see like all the ones that they fished out of the bogs and everything. They were just like hundreds of years old. Yes, it was almost like they were like mummified just within the swamp areas. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was really interesting, but also, like, what the fuck? Yeah, you got to see, like, a lot of detail in the shapes for the yeah. actual, like, bog bodies, which was, like, weird how they were able to, like, kind of, Mother Nature just naturally preserve, like, the corpses. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, what really freaked me out is usually, like, you see some bones, you see bones. But they were so well-preserved that you saw the skin still clinging to their bones. But you could see the detail on, like, the actual, oh. like... 
you could exactly count the ribs on each side. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah, that was absolutely bananas. But related to that, some people believe that Sawen required ritual blood sacrifices and that this may have something to do with all of those king's deaths. Interesting. It's, yeah. And that also is tied to the idea of the bog bodies in Ireland, where there was evidence of kings being ritually killed, many during Sawen. And actually, when we went to that National Leprechaun Museum, Nisha did mention something about how the king may have been like, I don't remember, killed somehow and just pushed right over into a bog. Yeah, well, every single story we heard in Ireland wasn't really the most like, let's skip to my Lou, like happy-go-lucky story. There was yeah. a lot of very, very dark, twisted parts. And I don't like, I think every other story had a king die, I swear. Like every third Oh, one. yeah. I mean, I don't know what that says about them, but yeah, a lot of darkness, violence. I, I mean, I never really thought about that. It was a lot of murder. Yeah, but I murder. mean, that's also, like, standard for folklore and everything. You know, like, these are all just theories, but who knows? Nobody knows. Maybe the fairies just fucking hated that guy and they wanted to shove him into a bog. Or they're just jerks. Yeah, I mean, that too. Maybe they were just drunks and they just stumbled into a fucking <laughs> bog. Fairies are doped up on pixie sticks. Oh, that was a good one. Now I want pixie sticks. Why don't we have pixie sticks? Dude, I haven't had pixie sticks in years. Like, since I was a kid. Do they still make them? You got a phone. Oh. We'll, we'll find out soon. Okay, I shouldn't do that totally right off now, topic. I want to. You know what? Go look it up. Otherwise, it's going to okay, get bothered this entire it? time. Let me see. By pixie pixiesticks.com. Sticks. You know, I don't want to ever just type something in like that. You can buy them and I don't want to know what pixie stick is misinterpreted as, okay? That sounds like some really, uh... Oof, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. That's weird. Don't hate on them. Come on. Also, I think you can buy them. I don't know if you can buy them in a store, but Amazon has a lot of different ones. Oh, Walmart has them too. Okay. For anyone listening out there, we are not sponsored by Pixie Six yet, but would be very excited for that opportunity. Hit us up, candy bitches! You just call them bitches. That's not going to help us. You're a bitch, too. Thanks. You're welcome. Do you want to hear about the customs from Sawen and uh, just get back on topic? Sure. I mean, hopefully they have <laughs> all pixie sticks, but let's go. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sad that we don't have pixie sticks. But um, farmers would traditionally use the Sawen holiday to determine which cattle they were going to slaughter and which ones they were going to keep through the winter. Okay. Um, this is also thought to have influenced other winter holidays, such as St. Martin's Day, which occurs shortly thereafter from Samhain. I think it's like the, like the 6th or the 7th or something. It's pretty soon after it. Um, that holiday included the slaughter of an animal, which was usually a rooster or geese or geese or, uh, sheep. And... The animal's blood was sprinkled on the threshold of a home. Wow. Um, that was to, like, ward away any, like, evil spirits. And it was also as an offering to the god or gods. No one really knows. And then it was eaten during a feast. So, really, they didn't waste anything with these animal sacrifices. But everything had its uh, own role. I mean, as long as you got food at the party, sounds good. Right? And I mean... 
It would. I definitely hope it was a sheep because then you could feed more people with it. But yeah, unless you had a bigger animal. That's true. That's true. Um, this is actually my favorite part. Is uh, they would use ritual bonfires. They would put on hilltops, and they had a bunch of different rituals that actually involved those um, bonfires. And the reason I'm so excited because they're bonfires is that when I was growing up, every year I would do a Halloween party for all of my friends from school, and we would have a bonfire in the backyard. And that was the main attraction. Everybody just wanted to go to the bonfire. They probably didn't like me very much, but they liked the bonfire. So the bonfire sounds cool, though. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so the, the fires were supposed to be quote-unquote, sympathetic magic, which meant that they were meant to mimic the sun, either helping, like, spur on all the powers of growth and everything, or holding back the darkness of winter. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, kind of. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and in the 18th and 19th century, the fires were said to have protective and cleansing powers as well. That's cool. So you've got this holiday where you have... It's not exactly rebirth, but you're, like, transitioning. And when you transition, it's really good to have, a like, a cleansing of some sort to get rid of all, like, the bad shit that you've accumulated and everything just in your energy, your life, whatever. So, I mean, that must have been a big draw for having the bonfire in that respect. But people also, apparently, they would, like, take the flames so they, like, lit their own torch or something. And... They would take that from the bonfire to relight the fire in their own hearth because they had earlier doused it away with water as a way of banishing evil. So, again, you're going into this new part of the year with um, some sort of cleansing. That's awesome. So you almost get a little to-go box for fire back in the day. I guess so, yeah. Like a little doggy bag of flames. Probably easier to not have to relight it on your own, too. Yeah, that's true. But the bonfires were also used as a way for divination in several ways. And in the 18th century, some people would create a circle of stones, almost like a fairy ring, for each person in their household. And they would do that around the bonfire. So everybody would like check out their circle, make sure they knew everything about it or whatever. And if they woke up the next morning and any of the stones were like moved or missing, just like turned over in one particular ring, that person would supposedly not live out the year. Okay, so that's how you kind of know if the fairies are actually like mad at you or if you guys are cool. Well, but remember what I said about it also being divination. So it doesn't necessarily need to be like blamed on the fairies or anything. It's just more of a prediction. Oh, it's almost like a prophecy. Like if you know like, uh, you're going to die? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That would suck if like somebody just tripped on accident. Oh, dude. And you didn't know like exactly how it looked before. And I mean, they didn't want they didn't know how it went if they like really screwed up that many of like the stones. So like you're just fucked. Yeah. Oh fuck! I didn't even think about that when I was. Like the worst year that I expected to happen, and then have nothing happen. I feel like 2020 would be the year to have that happen. 2020 was like a really windy day, and everybody's circles got screwed up. (laughs) So they just stayed inside. Oh gosh. We're gonna die anyway. Might as well be inside where the wind can't get us, apparently. Well, you got your to go fire already. Why leave? 
<laughs> okay, uh, there were other forms of divination, and they involved apples and hazelnuts, specifically. And this was because... Sorry, were you going to say something? No, we just want apple cider right now. I know, we should have bought some earlier. We fucked up, man. Oh, we got hot chocolate. What's happening tonight That's for sure? That's we do. Okay, I'm looking forward to that after cool. we record. Uh, apples, do you know what apples are associated with? Caramel. I mean, yeah, that's that's an acceptable answer. I'll take that. But back in the day, apples were associated with the other world and immortality. Immortality? Yeah. And huh. I, I didn't dig too much into that, uh, like the reasoning behind it, but that's what they were associated with. And hazelnuts were, um, they represented divine wisdom. So I'd be smart for eating Nutella. Right? Okay. That's fair. You want to hear what they did with the hazelnuts, though? I mean, I'm hoping they put it on bread, but go on. <laughs> no, they would actually uh, put two hazelnuts representing two people next to the bonfire. And if one of the hazelnuts jumped back from the fire, it was a bad sign saying that whoever they were trying to match up for marriage with those two hazelnuts. Oh. So if it jumped backward, that was a bad sign saying, hey, no, this is a bad match. But if they just sat there and slowly roasted together, it was apparently supposed to mean that that was a great match and you might marry that person. Man, Tinder in the ninth century sucked. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't even think about it like that. Right? Your dating app is just, you know, just a massive bonfire on top of a hill and you're all trying to just get a couple of hazelnuts together. Controlled by your parents right in the middle of, like, all of your siblings. Or by like, the wind if you're on the wrong side of the hill and it just rolls. Like, dude, right. Like, maybe just suck at throwing hazelnuts and bonfires. I think it specifically had to like jump away from it. Because you know if like something gets too hot, it kind of like the energy bursts and it'll jump. That is probably the worst science explanation for that, but sure. Yes. I majored in literature, okay? Let me live. <laughs> We're fully aware. <laughs> Fuck you. Especially with boyfriend, can you take care of the fifth? I'm bad at math and can't add stuff. Yeah, I'm really bad at math. You can ask my middle school uh, algebra teacher who near, nearly failed me twice. You freak out over bringing out your phone just for the calculator because yeah. you still have to plug in a number. It's like, I don't know, it's trauma, man. It's trauma. All the times I've been wrong, now I'm afraid. I'm trying to think if you'd hate doing tipping for a year or having to make phone calls for a year. That's a really good That could be question. a Halloween horror movie on its own. It really could. Social I'm not good at... 2020. I'm not good at either of those things. You'll learn. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You won't. No, I probably won't. <clears throat> but anyway, like I said before, Sawen is actually in a liminal time, so fearless then, spirits can walk among us. Um, and actually, the spirits are called... The Ishi, and those are the ones that everybody is expecting, like to be roaming around at night, and also the fairies, which fairies are really fucked up. So I wouldn't want to cross one of them while they're walking around over here. Yeah, like European fairies, like I would not want to mess with. They're mm -hmm. not the uh, cute ones that we're all supposed to hype up in all the uh, stained glass windows over here. Ain't no Tinkerbell in Ireland. Mm -mm. No. Um. The scholars believe that the spirits are actually remnants of pagan gods or nature spirits. And um, 
Believers say that the Ishi need to be appeased with food and drink so that the livestock survive the winter. So right there, we've got another like direct parallel to uh, the Day of the Dead. Yeah, or they can just, I don't know, keep their animals warmer. Yeah, but you can't really do that if you've got nothing but snow for like two months straight. Eh, I mean, you, it's not always in your control if your livestock is going to die. You can only do so much. Man, they had to come up with a lot of stuff before science, huh? Right? They uh, had a lot of cattle sleeping in their own home before uh, any uh, solution was really found. Hey, man, cows are kind of cute. I'd be down to cuddle you if it's cows that cold. Cows are so cute. They're so cute. I love them. Um, where was I? Cows. Cows? <laughs> I'm the high um, one. I I'm only very, I've got a very light buzz going on. Aw. Yeah. It's fine. We'll fix that after the podcast. Yes, please. Okay, but people were actually very careful, obviously, to not offend, not offend the Ishi, and they would try to ward off anyone else who was seeking out just to be a shithead, basically. Ooh. So they they would shun those type of people just because they didn't want their own lives to get fucked up. So we, so ghost hunting was actually negative for them instead of just like what we watch whenever we can find a good like horror movie. Well, and it wasn't really like ghost hunting. It was more like these people just wanted to cause chaos during the holiday. And Ooh. that was what, like, that's what the fairies would go and attack. Because obviously you're not respecting the holiday. You're not respecting that they're allowed over here. Dang, but everybody like, else would be, like, appeasing them. It's almost like wearing gang colors in the wrong neighborhood. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why people would do that back in the day, man. You Like, supposedly, you can't usually even see the fairies. They just, like, silently fuck you up, so you don't even know. You know? Yeah, that's stone cold. So, like, fairies are, like, the old school, like, hitmen and killers. Yeah. I guess so, huh? I wouldn't mess with them. No, I wouldn't mess with them either. And, um, the idea that these spirits are returning to our realm... Includes the belief that spirits return to their old homes for the night looking to be welcomed there Which I don't know if that's like only if their family is still living there Or if there's a new family living there and all of a sudden they're just there to haunt their ass I mean, I don't think they really had an old like Address book or little black book to keep all their notes in but uh That'd be weird to have like a little spiritual open house sign like in front of everybody's house on that one time of the year Yeah yeah, I didn't think about it like that, but... Well, didn't they also do, like... When we were in Ireland, they were also saying the reason for, like, actually lighting the jack-o'-lanterns was... Wait, I can't remember. Was it to act as a beacon or was it to scare people, to scare the spirits away? It was to scare the spirits away. I'm actually going to get to that. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I remembered. You did. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So, what was I saying? The, uh, oh, the spirits can return to their own homes for a night. And because of this, the family of de the deceased would set an extra place at the dinner table and by the fire to make sure that the spirit felt welcome. Aww. Which I think is the fuzziest, cutest little thing. Like, it's not just a thing you do to ward off evil spirits. Like, it's a nice thing, too. Because you get to feel like you have your deceased loved one there with you. That is a cute little memor memorable thing to add in there. Yeah. And also... It kind of like makes sense because any spirit that's like out wandering around in the middle of like October or November when it's cold is 
definitely, I think, more prone to trying to find its way into a little cottage or something where it can seek warmth and shelter. Even if it doesn't need to, it's probably still just like a human thing. Well, like they're 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 seeking that, you know. That's cool. Yeah. But moving on, the tradition of costumes. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, if you don't get costumes, you don't get candy. Uh, that's fair. That's why I had to stop like trick or treating is because I was too lazy to put on a costume. Oh man, I never stopped. <laughs> We always had like an abundance of candy anyway. So. I think we actually went trick-or-treating in college once and we actually legitimately got like, a good solid amount of candy. They just gave us weird looks. <laughs> well, I'm sure they... You were in college? I mean, I wanted candy, so yeah. That's fair. That's valid. But um, back, you know, in the ninth century or whatever, it was called mumming and guising. Hmm. And that started around actually the 16th century. I fucked up, it's not the 9th century, it's the 16th. Um, but in parts of Ireland, Scotland, Man, and Wales. That's where all this all, I said Wales. Wales. Got it, Wales. Sorry, sure. Wales. <laughs> um, so people would go house to house and they would recite songs or verses in exchange for food. And it didn't really specify what kind of food, just food. Man, I think just had like mid, like middle, yeah, middle ages like rap battles just to get candy. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just when I was reading about this, I also thought of like Christmas caroling. Like it's obviously related to trick or treating, but the whole like reciting songs or verses, like that feels like he's like going around the neighborhood caroling in hopes mm -hmm. of getting some. Uh, that was my phone. I'm so sorry. Good job. In hopes of getting some hot chocolate for the job, you know? Oh, that would be kind of cool. I'd be totally down for that. you never done that? I mean, not hot chocolate. or No, actually, I've never been caroling to that extent. No. Yeah, I haven't been caroling, like, around a neighborhood, I don't think. When I was a kid, we went and did it at, like, a, um, a senior home. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, there's cause... definitely none of that going on in 2020. No, definitely not. Um, but with these costumes, they may have actually evolved from just wearing like random little disguises. It's not like super defined or anything. It actually evolved into wearing imitations of the Ishi to receive offerings on their behalf. And also it was believed that impersonating these spirits would offer protection from them. I mean, I'm assuming that they weren't mocking the Ishii and then they just got super mad, like, oh my god, he didn't get my hair right. I'm killing him tonight. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. But, I mean, the way that I was thinking about it, actually, is super mocking. <laughs> if the Ishii is looking at, like, the mask or whatever, and it just comes off as a, you this ugly, fuck you, kind of thing. Oh, man, I'd be super fan. I, I, I'd actually have to murder somebody. Right? <laughs> I get it. And, like, you know that it looked, like, scary, like, creepy and scary as hell compared to, like, modern standards. But, I mean, is it creepy because just people maybe weren't as technically artistic as they are now? Or was it just, like, maybe one guy really was bad at arts and crafts and that was his reason? Oh, it's a she and not my mother's mask. <laughs> I mean, probably both. It's just even, like, you look back at the Halloween costumes from, like, the 50s. 
Dude, those things are so bad. They're so See, creepy. I have never looked those up. You have oh a lot more God. spare time than I do. I've been obsessed with Halloween my whole life, my friend. I know. <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh, so that the whole uh, evolution mm. of the... Yeah, from mumming yep. and guising. Mumming and gumming. Guising. Mumming and guising. Not mumming and gumming. I don't want to imagine what that means. I don't want to. We can look at the dark world later. We'll find out. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, the process is seen as a stepping stone for Sawin pranks, which are still popular today, which gave the holiday the nickname. nickname. I'm really fucking up tonight. I'm not editing this. Everyone needs to know. What a fuck up I am. And that you need to apparently just retake your quick English class. I think you'll be fine. Fuck off. Anyway, it's called Mischief Night, which just sounds awesome. That sounds a little cool. Mischief Night sounds lame. I don't know. You don't... sound lame. Come on. Halloween or Hollow's Eve versus Mischief Night. Mischief Night. I mean, there actually is another um, holiday. I don't remember exactly... Ooh, I think it's pagan. It's called no, it's from German. I think Walpurgis Night. No, never heard of that one. That's cool. It's basically like, kind of like Samhain, but with a lot of witches, and it's a lot uh, more chaotic. And I think that happens sometime in the spring as well. Definitely sounds more German. Got yeah, it. it. Yeah, it's definitely German. But um, during like when the Irish and Scottish began migrating over to North America in like in masses. Mm -hmm. That's when Halloween, as we know it, started kind of like forming. Because all of these traditions were being brought over. You're playing with the cat. I see you. I mean, that cat not. He's cute. <laughs> he is really cute. So all of these customs were coming over. They were getting, they were evolving over time and everything. And that's how Halloween really started to take hold in America. So with the ideas of like guises and pranks, like, those are really obvious connections to our modern holiday, but it is also believed that trick-or-treating may have been derived from the trick or, the tradition of the door-to-door -door food collection. Oh. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, it never really evolved that much. It's still food. Maybe, I guess, with picking the houses, too? Or like, if they gave them, like, bad food or something? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I've heard of kids doing that if you give them, like, an apple or a toothbrush. Like, that's usually when those pranks happen. Yeah, if you're just, like, not into Halloween. Yeah, but, I mean, like, if you give whole candy bars, you're getting your car washed. Like, that's happening. Right. We gave whole candy bars this year. We're awesome. I don't know if we did. I mean, we put them out. We put them out. I'm going to pretend that we got trick-or-treaters. No, I'm going to find out. Hold on. No, are you serious? No. I'll sit here. It's not like any we're going anywhere tonight. I know. Sit I just want to know if one person even took a candy bar or something. I I don't know why it's so important. Just oh, let me just let... <laughs> That's what it is. I see. And if I get to go check, then I might be able to go get one. Go get one. Cool. Keep going. Okay, I'm okay. listening. Are you sure? Okay. So like you were saying, with the pumpkins, there was another tradition that was actually carving turnips. There he goes. Is he going to find a candy bar? 
Found himself a candy bar. Don't think any others were taken. I take that back. Found himself two candy bars. It's only one candy bar and one bag of M&M's. Excuse you. Oh. So sorry. Got it wrong. Snickers is my favorite candy bar. Yeah, do it. Get it. We've still got a while to go. Awesome. It's not that much of a while. But I'm going to wrap the Sawen traditions up with the idea of carving turnips and things called Wait, hold up turnips aren't pumpkins no they're not go on there was also something that was called a mangle worsels and i'm not really sure if i'm saying that right god but... bless you why <laughs> you like this it's a type of beet so basically turnips and beets were hollowed out and they had grotesque little faces carved into them and they were lit from the inside like a jack-o'-lantern and they were set on windowsills to like ward off evil spirits so that's why with like with modern jack-o'-lanterns you put them out on your doorstep you do that so it's warding off any bad spirits that are coming around that's actually really cool yeah so you get to see and kind of see like what the original tradition was and kind of what it turned into over here yeah exactly and um, that was actually common practice in Ireland and Scotland through like the early 20th century, which was around the time when those traditions were taking hold in North America um, and also England. I almost forgot about England, but that's fine. They don't matter. You're not missing much. It's fine. No. <laughs> so all of that carried over into North America, and that was the start of the influence for modern Halloween. Which, I mean, if you really think about it, too, like, if you have somebody smash a pumpkin that you, like, took a lot of time to carve, like, I'd be mad because, you know, I got now I got one less decoration. Back then, that means somebody wanted you dead. Yeah. Yeah, it was a much bigger deal back then. Man, that would be, yeah, that would be really upsetting, especially not to know, like, which one of your four neighbors was, like, the, the guilty one, too. Yeah. Or, like, if it actually was something supernatural. Or like someone drove a horse and carriage all across town just to smash your pumpkin. They did not like you. I mean, I've got that level of salt, so I wouldn't blame anyone. Except you with the driving part. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. If it was, like, a horse and carriage, I could just take the horse. <laughs> you would. Yeah, just, I would. I mean, you would just find any reason to ride a horse. I've never ridden a horse in my life. Horses kind of freak me out, but i do it. Oh, well now I have a plan for... No, I don't even know what it's planned for, but no. Uh, I mean, it involves you and riding a horse, so it's not a very deep plan. <laughs> okay, well, that's like all I had for the Sawen holiday. Well, that's really cool. I mean, it was kind of cool to see how like our traditions, I guess, what our traditions evolved from. Exactly. With words in English. (laughs) Well, do you want to actually hear more about what continued after that influence kind of started over here? Yeah. Yeah, go. I actually have like the story of how our Halloween was actually like solidified. Because before before about like 1914, it was still just very like, you know, the pranks are being pulled, there's kids going door to door for food, like was pretty standard but in 1914 there was a woman called mrs john krebs 
She was the founder of the Hiawatha Garden Club in Kansas, and she loved her flower garden. That was like her prized possession was her flowers. Okay. But every year on Halloween, there was a group of punk kids who would come by and tear up her like garden. And she just got fed up with it one year. She kept trying to get them punished. She kept trying all of these things. Nothing worked. So she decided we should have like a, basically a big party every Halloween. We should have some sort of activities so that these kids aren't as focused on just destroying everything. Make it actually like a positive experience, basically. At least that's what she, uh, or maybe she's just tired of her garden getting tore up. She just has to throw a big party because... She cares more about her flowers and people. I mean, she was actually supposed to have been like a really caring woman who did care about her community. She just also, you know, everybody has that one thing where if you fuck with it, somebody's going to get yelled at. For you, it's our cats. Yes. For me, it's my food. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. If anyone ever fucked with my cats, oh no. If anyone tried to take my food, they're getting forked. Oh yeah. No, I don't. I'm, I'm the same way. Or I chopsticks. got you. Depends on what I'm eating. Yeah. Well, either way, it'll be entertaining. So, basically what uh, Mrs. Krebs wanted to do was she wanted to create a parade. And what she called a frolic for all of the town to take part in. And that would just keep everybody entertained and occupied so they're not on the streets. Then she planned a party just for the children, which encouraged them to dress in costumes. And she would give a treat to everyone who participated in the party. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so she was really good at incentivizing people. And her ideas were kind of criticized, and people thought she was kind of foolish, but she went ahead with it. She kept uh, just trucking along with this idea, and the first time she did it, it didn't really take hold. So it was trying to make Fetch happen. Yeah, it was kind of trying to make Fetch happen, and it kind of just... The idea just kind of deflated like it didn't do well and everybody continued to make fun of her for that but oh geez where was i oh, God, oh no oh geez oh, uh so it actually the second time around she actually had a success with the first time next morning she woke up and her flower beds were destroyed all over again ah. But second time, that worked. She woke up the next morning and she didn't have a torn up flower bed. So, let me see. My notes are kind of fucky. I'm so sorry. Really are. <laughs> I know you Except do. That. You had yours. Yeah, that's true. So, basically, what I'm saying, 1914, Elizabeth Krebs, she threw just a rager for the entire town, which meant there was, you know... Apple cider and candy and creepy kids costumes. But got the hooligans off the street and she invested an entire year of her time and resources into that party, which in my opinion makes her one of the most badass women like in history. So if any of you guys or gals are getting eye candy, getting to see some skimpy outfits on Halloween, Remember to give a shout out and thanks to Lizzie Krebs. Right Lizzie over Krebs. Here. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, that was a quick little uh, wrap up I had for Halloween traditions. That's awesome. I wish we uh, kind of had somewhere to go tonight. 
I know, right? I was actually super excited for Halloween this year because the full moon was going to be falling on it and everything. But people didn't want to wear masks. Well, so. we'll go for a walk. We'll go smoke something. Oh, of Probably course we're going to smoke something. something. That's our life. Whichever one you have tonight is going to knock me on my ass, I'm down for. That yes. pink Prosecco? Oh, that's a sativa, though. I think you want an indica, especially since it's getting a little late. You are correct. Maybe I, I want an indica. I will get you an indica. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think we're about done then. You ready? Boo! <laughs> Scared you. Wow. Okay. See you next time. Bye. Bye.